Alrighty, today's wake up call Super Bowl 55 recap. Yeah, I know, it's Wednesday. Cut me some slack. Great story for the Buccaneers. Great story for Tom Brady getting his seventh ring. Just a great all around story for everyone down in Tampa. And just a terrible performance for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And we also have a great interview with Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat writer for The Athletic, Greg Amund. Stick around for that. Alrighty, let's roll that intro music. This is the wake up call presented by Birchwood Sports Network. Here we go. Gotta wake up. The Wake Up Call, presented by Birchwood Sports Network, with your host, James Manker. Wake up, people. This is your Wake Up Call. It is Wednesday, February 10th, 2021. we got a great show for you today, a lot of stuff to get into. We got, Like I said in the intro, a great interview with Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat writer for The Athletic, Greg Amon. He was kind enough to give me 15 minutes of his time. It's not a whole lot. But it was a great interview. We had lots of good stuff to talk about. Uh, so thank you, Greg, for your time. I wanted to have him on Sunday night for the Monday morning show. But there was this there was this little football game going on in Tampa Bay Sunday night. And he was a little busy. He had to cover some stuff. Uh, and obviously, I understood it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal at all. But I didn't want to have a Super Bowl recap show without having this interview with Greg. So I held off. On the Super Bowl recap show, I didn't have a show Monday morning, but now I got one. So Sunday night after the game, I just decided, you know what, fuck it, do nothing, sit back, kick my feet up. Brady just won a seventh ring. You know, I didn't do anything as far as the podcast goes. Uh, So it's, you know, it's, it's been great just this aftermath of Brady winning his seventh ring, but I'm glad to be recording a podcast and I was happy to interview Greg. Uh, and like I said, now that I got this interview, uh, now I'm ready to do an episode. So here is the Super Bowl recap episode. Uh, as someone who is rooting for the Bucks, this 31 to nine beat down on the Chiefs, uh, was awesome to watch. Uh, I was rooting for Brady to get his seventh ring. Uh, you know, I am a Bears fan, but I was, you know, I was, I love to see history in the making and I was really happy, uh, to watch what was going on throughout the playoffs and in this, uh, this big game on Sunday. Um, the football fan in me wanted a little bit more out of the game. Uh, you know, it was, it was pure dominance. There wasn't any, you know, you weren't really on the edge of your seat the whole time, but you were a little bit because of the team that the Bucks were facing. The Chiefs, that team seems to be able to come back from any deficit. Uh, so up until the clock hit zero, there, you know, you weren't really, you, you really didn't take a deep breath. You know, even with five minutes left in the game, it kind of felt like they could come back from down thirty-one to nine, uh, but they didn't. Brady got his seventh ring, throwing for two hundred yards. Three touchdowns, playoff Lenny, uh, who then wanted to be called Super Bowl Lenny, who then wanted to be called Lombardi Lenny, uh, so hashtag Lombardi Lenny had one touchdown, uh, Gronk had two touchdowns catching from Brady, and Antonio Brown had a touchdown, uh, so it was just a great game to watch, it was definitely star-packed. Uh, I want to focus this intro segment on the Buccaneers, uh, and then after... We'll talk about the Chiefs and that catastrophe of a game for them. But on the side of the Buccaneers, there's really only one story. 
and it's Tom Brady getting his seventh ring and his fifth Super Bowl MVP. And this is the this is a Wednesday show, uh, so in effect, I'd be playing Wednesday morning quarterback. Uh, just I, I there's there's not much left to be said that you haven't already heard. So just from my perspective. It's amazing to to watch what we're watching for a 43-year-old guy to still be doing what he's doing to go to a new team, the only your second team in your 21-year career, basically throw a dart at a at a board, at a map and just say, "I'm going to go there and I'm going to win a championship." is impressive to the highest degree. It would be impressive for a 30-year-old quarterback to do. But because of the fact that he was somewhere for 20 years, he he'd only been with one team, one head coach. He left at 43 years old. It was you know every part he he had six rings, four Super Bowl MVPs. Every part of this story just makes it increasingly just increasingly amazing. There there's there are so many words that you could use to describe this, but at the same time, I just. I don't want to say anything that's already been said. Uh, there are so many guys on this team that deserved deserved rings. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Devin White. Uh, you know, some guys had already had him. Obviously, Gronk, Jason Pierre-Paul, uh, Antoine Winfield, the rookie, uh, Leonard. Play- I almost called him Playoff Lenny. Hashtag Playoff Lenny, and then. I was going to call him Super Bowl Lenny, hashtag Super Bowl Lenny, but now we got to call him by his rightful name. When we talk of him, we got to speak of him the right way, hashtag Lombardi Lenny. Lombardi Lenny, great to see him get a ring. Um, it's, it's something that Greg touched on in the interview. You know, when when Brady was up in New England, every time he'd win a ring, he was with guys that won two or three, but now to see all of these Awesome guys in the Buccaneers get a ring, this supporting cast of Brady's, so to speak. It was just a really awesome thing to watch for that to be something that was going on concurrently with this historic moment of a seventh ring, Brady passing Jordan. Uh, it was just it was it was amazing to watch both from somewhat a perspective of someone who was rooting for Brady, rooting for the Buccaneers in the game. Uh, as a football fan, you know, I just it's it's pretty cool to know that you're watching history as it happens, and to just see something like that before your eyes was pretty awesome, even if it was in a dominant uh, victory. Like I said, on the other on the other side of the interview, we'll talk about Patrick Mahomes and the catastrophe that was that offense. Uh, oh, quick thing here, before quick couple things. There are a couple things I forgot. Number one. That that Bucks defense, Todd Bowles, hell of a game. That front seven, they deserve just as much credit. Devin White deserves just as much credit for what happened in this game as Tom Brady does. Devin, you can make a great case for Devin White being the Super Bowl MVP. If there was a Super Bowl MVP runner-up, it would absolutely be Devin White. Um, that front seven, that game plan that Todd Bowles had was amazing. Uh, I think that that game, that plan that he had what that team did, that's going to be his key to getting a second chance at a head coaching job eventually. He definitely deserves it. Uh, I, th- I think that at some point it'll happen, and I think that you can point to that game Sunday night and say that's that's what got him that job. Number two, Bruce Arians. 
If you want to talk about a guy that deserves that ring more than anyone else, it's Bruce Arians. He just seems like one of the greatest guys in the world. He took he, he's the oldest coach to ever win one. He's been he's been coaching for pretty much his entire adult life. Um, I remember in 2012 when he took over from Chuck Pagano when Pagano had uh, leukemia in Indianapolis. I think he I think Arians won Coach of the Year. He just seemed like a great guy. He took over that group. Uh, and he knew he knew exactly what to do. He made the most of his shot. Uh, he hit the head coaching carousel that offseason. Uh, I was really hoping that my hometown Bears were going to hire him. They didn't. They went in the way of Mark Tressman, and we know how that all went. But Arians got a job in Arizona. And he decided to retire a couple years ago and then decided to take the Tampa Bay job. Uh, and he was convinced, I believe, by his mother to get back into coaching. So he took that job, and his mom was in the building. Sunday night, and it was really cool when they showed her. She's 95, so if you want to talk about a great guy who deserves that ring more than anyone else for all the work he's put into the game uh, and just for being an all-around great person, it really seems to be Bruce Arians. Uh, so like I said, we'll get to a couple things after the interview, and we'll get to the interview here in a sec. Uh, the Super Bowl, obviously the Super Bowl commercials, my favorite commercial was the Drake from State Farm commercial. Did you guys see that one? That one was great. Uh, and it was pretty cool to see that because State Farm actually sponsors this podcast. Mark Cortez's State Farm is the official insurance sponsor of The Wake Up Call. For more information, call 217-787-1727 or visit growwithmark.com. Again, Mark Cortez's State Farm is the official insurance sponsor of The Wake Up Call. All right, now here he is, Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat writer for The Athletic. Greg Allman. All righty, now I welcome in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat writer for The Athletic. He previously spent 19 years with the Tampa Bay Times, and he is the co-author of the upcoming commemorative book, Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' unforgettable 2020 season, which includes a forward by Bucks legend Rondé Barber. Please welcome Greg Allman. Greg, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me on, James. I appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. The hell of a 72 hours, I bet. How's life going? <laughs> yeah, I'm still not quite uh, sleeping at a normal level yet. But no, it's been crazy. Uh, you, you go back and you think it's only really been uh, just over two two days, I guess, uh, which is wild. But yeah, crazy. I, I'm still kind of processing all that's happened. Uh, but yeah, crazy to be covering a Super Bowl aftermath. There's a boat parade uh, tomorrow afternoon in Tampa. It's, it's the second championship boat parade Tampa's had in, in the last four months, which is a strange thing to say, but true. I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Bears fan, so I don't know anything about championship parades, but I gotta, I gotta imagine it. I gotta imagine it feels pretty good. Yeah, well, and you got good rivers in Chicago, so you should do a boat parade if you can. They're fun that way. Uh, I don't think we're going to be doing anything with Carson Wentz if that's how, uh, if, this, how if that's how the next couple of weeks go. But if uh, hopefully we yeah. can figure something out. Uh, so I got to the idea. The idea of parades is the important thing. Indeed. Indeed. So I got to ask seven to three at the end of the first quarter, you got a 43 year old quarterback. You pull Tom Brady there. If you're Kevin cash, right? <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's still a source. <laughs> that's a little bit of a sore subject still for race fans. Uh, to I got as you, close I got as they you. were. Uh, yeah. Early start. There wasn't quite what you expected there, but you think about 17, nothing was the last first quarter against the Chiefs. So seven, three was like dreamy by comparison. Yeah. So, but in all, in all seriousness, in all your time as a beat writer, all your time covering the Bucks, all the time you spent covering them this season, could you ever in your wildest dreams dreamt up this 31-9 all-around masterpiece? 
No, not really. I mean, I, I, I kind of had confidence going in that they could win, but it was always like a, a 38, 35 type game, like, like a tight back and forth fourth quarter game. Um, not, not a dismantling. I mean, you look at like Patrick Mahomes in his career in three full seasons has never lost a game by more than eight points. So to beat him by 22 in the biggest imaginable game possible, where he's got a chance to repeat as an NFL champion. Uh, it's, it's crazy, but it's what they did. I mean, I'm, I'm up here in Chicago, but I was rooting for, I, I've been rooting for the Bucks the whole season. I was pulling for Brady to get seven, play the Super Bowl in the home stadium, all that. And I was on the edge of my seat watching this game because when it comes to Mahomes and the Chiefs, you can never count them out. The whole game, you're sitting right. there up until the last five minutes. You're even when even when it's thirty-one to nine, the last five minutes, you're still thinking to yourself, "There's a chance." I don't want to get too comfortable. Right. Oh yeah. No. That that's the team that will come back from like whatever. It's sixteen, eighteen down. That seemed reasonable. Thing is, finally, once they got like the interception in the fourth quarter to kind of make it three scores and the ball with whatever five minutes to play. That's when you were like, wow, I have to start, I have to start running this. This is happening. Right. So you've been doing this for the past five years. And prior to this season, this team was horrendous. They haven't had a chance to be in the playoffs in the past decade. And suddenly the Brady bunch rolls into town. How did everything change the past off season? Yeah, literally everything changed um, in terms of just the interest level across the country, um, casual football fans, um, everything about this team, you know, I think some of it got kind of uh, changed by COVID. So you can't appreciate like sellout crowds like they would have had, uh, but just the national awareness. I mean, they had five primetime games. They hadn't had that in ages here. Um, just like the level of interest. Like, again, I'm talking to a podcast, uh, you know, in suburban Chicago. Uh, right. I've been doing radio hits in Australia and, and guesting <laughs> on the BBC and everything you can imagine. The people everywhere know Tom Brady, care about Tom Brady, are interested in Tom Brady. So it's it's strange, but yeah, he's he's kind of changed the the relevance of this team in a hurry. I mean, if not before, he's kind of with the seventh ring. He's kind of become Jordan S. They're talking about yeah. him all over the world. He's eclipsed. He's eclipsed football entirely. He's he's his own thing now. And it's is it for you to say that you're being interviewed by media all across the world is just incredible to hear for somebody who. We've paid attention here for the last two decades and we didn't think anything of it, to be honest with you. Um, Do you think we could ever potentially see athletes like Brady and LeBron where a guy can just say, I'm going to go there, point on a map, throw a dart at a map and say, I'm going to go there and I'm going to win a title. I mean, it's definitely easier with basketball. With basketball, if you can get, you know, two really good supporting cast members, that's the difference. Football, football, you got 11 on each side. So even if you can kind of coordinate that and bring in a bunch of guys that are willing to, t- I mean, the nice thing is if you can find people that want to go cheap, you can get them and fit them under the cap. It's just hard to get everybody in the same off season to be free agents and be available. I mean, the, the Bucks did really well just to have Brady and to be able to get Gronk out of retirement and bring in Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. And, and even the small pieces they put together kind of worked out well to happen as it did. So you obviously know from inside knowledge, and this it kind of leads into my next question. Is it true that Mike Evans has said that he wants to take, he would be willing to take a pay cut in order to make sure that all these guys are back during the offseason? Yeah, that came from a quote from Bruce Arians where Bruce has talked a lot about how Mike is a, a fairly selfless guy. What Mike Evans has done a couple of times now is he'll take base salary and switch it to signing bonus, which gives you more salary room, salary cut room now, but you're borrowing from down the road. Um, and he's done that a fair amount. That's not really uh, any sacrifice. It's like you're taking money you would have gotten in six months or next year, and you're taking it now. So it, 
helps the team, but it's not some selfless fall on a sword act. Um, I, I don't think that Mike Evans offered a pay cut. I think he probably offered to do the same thing again, where instead of making 14 million next year, he'll take a $4 million base salary and a $10 million bonus. And that opens up $7 million in cap room or something like that. So it, it's kind of being seen as this noble, uh, I'll take less if it means people around me. I don't think it's probably that um, dramatic. Interesting. I definitely had my concerns with that quote because it didn't seem like a Super Bowl winner, a wide receiver of that caliber. It doesn't seem like he'd push that narrative, but I, I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the full truth to some right. extent. And that leads into my next question. Does this team have a repeat in them, do you think? And if so, what is the key? I mean, it's hard to say that there's more to add to this group. Is that possible? Is it bringing all these guys back? Yeah, I mean, nobody's done it since Brady in 0304. So he's, he's the model for it. Um, it's tricky in that they have a ton of free agents that they have to figure out, um, perhaps with Mike Evans' help. Um, they've got just to roll off the, their free agents in the next month here, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and Dominican Sue, Leonard Fournette, uh, Ryan Suckup, and 16 others. Um, so even if they're all taking, you know, 75 cents on the dollar to stay at home and play for a championship, it's still really tricky. Um, I do think what helps them is that this should be the division for their taking. I mean, the NFC South wasn't their division this year. They lost to the Saints twice and, and had to play the entire playoffs on the road. So I think New Orleans is in salary cap hell by comparison. They have to cut like $90 million just to get under the cap. They're not going to have Drew Brees. So I think there's every expectation now that the NFC South is the Bucks to lose. And that means having at least a, a home game in the playoffs. That means potentially having a buy in the playoffs. Um, a much easier path to the Super Bowl uh, if they're in a position to do it again next year. Well, I know with following the Bucks for a long time, you know that there's a, it's pretty easy to get past James Winston as a starting quarterback. It's not gonna, it's not going to be that. I mean, it'll be a challenge, but it won't be you know. Hey, Winston will be very motivated if he gets to play the Bucks twice and he's their starting quarterback. Uh, those will be two fun games to cover. I know that much. One for one against him in the in the playoffs with that uh, that, that that trick play. That's right. Uh, sum up Tom Brady's impact on the Bucks in one, in one sentence. If you, I don't know if that's possible, but as no, I mean. Honestly, I would say, I mean, he, he's changed everything. Like I said, I mean, there's a boat parade tomorrow to commemorate a Super Bowl championship. And if you had told me, if you chimed in a year ago and said, hey, Greg, uh, you're going to be covering a Super Bowl in Tampa with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, I just, it, it doesn't make sense at that point. You know, it, I think at this point last year, it was like, why would he leave New England? And if he left New England, why would he come to Tampa, um, let alone have the success they had? So even in the context of, of a pandemic and, a year of nothing but Zoom interviews and limited capacity crowds and all that. It's been amazing in, in every aspect. And no offseason, no preseason games, no a complete break. culture change. Uh, let's talk about the book for a second. I'm super interested in this. Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, unforgettable 2020 season. I assume you had this book done by the end of the regular season, right? And then you just no, wait for the Super Bowl run. No, I mean, when do you decide to write a book like this? Yeah, it's fun to be able to talk about these things. Um, it's amazing how it happens. This company, Triumph Books, um, does books for all championship teams. Um, it's amazing how quickly it comes together. Basically, what they do is they have uh, two books going at once. So once the Bucks beat the Packers, they had kind of books being made, if you will, at the same time on my end with the Bucks and, and my co-author, Joey Johnston. And they had a similar book being made for the Chiefs to be ready if the Chiefs won. 
and, and we filed and submitted a ton of copy. We had it's a 128 page book and we basically had everything except one story for the game and one story for the Super Bowl MVP done um, days before the, the Super Bowl happened. And then all those pages are laid out and ready to go. And one of those two books goes away and never happens. And it's kind of like those, you know, chief Super Bowl t-shirts that are somewhere in the Sudan or something right now. Right, 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 right. There's a book. And it's made for a long night Sunday night, but I've never been an author before. And now I'm an author. It's an amazing thing. Uh, It's, it's a super cool feeling to have a book coming out. Um, It's, it's been an amazing season to write about. So it's really nice to be able to have that. Uh, Joey did a great job helping me out. And uh, it's amazing that it'll be like, literally it'll be in stores like Friday. They turn these things around remarkably quick. Uh, You can get it online at triumphbooks.com. It's a great deal, and we'll have a ton of them. Then they'll be in stores, at least here in, not necessarily in Naperville, but uh, yeah, yeah. all around the drugstore, stuff like that. You guys can get it online. But no, thanks for asking. And it, it's, it, you, it's one of those things where I've never been able to call myself an author before. I've been proud to be a writer and a reporter, and now I can say author with a straight face, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And in setting this up, I was I was checking out. You got it pinned on your on your Twitter, and I was I was yeah, checking it out, it's and it's, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a it's a really cool thing. Something about the book. What's something about the Bucks, Brady, rest of the team, the coaches that you learned, and most people would find surprising, interesting when they read this book without giving too much away. Yeah, no, I mean, in terms of giving things away, it's not, it's, it's one of those where I, I was struck by um, how much Tom Brady cared about the other people on this team and wanted to help the other people on this team, and it would be really easy if you have six rings and you're going to a, a team that hasn't won the Super Bowl or hadn't been to the playoffs in 13 years, um, he's not bigger than the people around him. And it, it was neat in that like early in the year, you, you'd realize that like the, the guys that are at the very bottom of the roster, the undrafted rookies, he, he's got nicknames for them. And like you talk to these guys and they're amazed because first of all, they're just amazed to be Tom Brady's teammate. And then they realize like this guy knows me well enough to have given me a nickname. Um, and it's very genuine. It's just one of those things where Brady – wants to make everyone better around him, wants everyone to have his confidence and his commitment and attention to detail. And a lot of that you get just by seeing what he does and and following his lead. But I think he legitimately cares about the people around him. And I think what was cool is that so many of his times in New England, like if you win a championship, a world, a world, uh, a Super Bowl in New England two years ago, like 40 guys on your roster already won a Super Bowl with you. So it's, it's awesome to get another one, but that like that novelty of like, hey, that guy got a Super Bowl for the first time. It's not there as much. Whereas he comes here to Tampa and there's like six guys on the team that have won a Super Bowl out of 53. And everybody else, he gets to show them. It's like taking somebody to a restaurant that's your favorite restaurant that you've never been to. And it's like, no, you've you got to try this. You've got to, I mean, it's really awesome to be a Super Bowl champion. And you get to see them all experience that for the first time. And for Brady, it's been, you know, 19 years since he had the thrill of that first Super Bowl. But I think it's really neat for him to be able to bring that to an entire team in his first year in town. Right. I mean, in terms of the friendship and the commitment to every guy on that roster, I was watching Bruce Arians on Kimmel last or the other night. And he was saying in the, Kimmel asked in his pitch to Tom Brady in the, in the meetings during the offseason. And he said, he pitched me just as much as I pitched him. He knew every guy on the roster. He knew, he knew the yeah. roster up and down and he knew what he wanted to do and who he wanted to work with right when he walked in the door first day. He is remarkably well-prepared, detailed. Uh, there's a depth to everything he does. So like I said, the idea that he would know 
um, who the ninth receiver is in training camp and know to right. give him a nickname. You, you, you could easily just, I mean, there are quarterbacks that are really ordinary quarterbacks that kind of focus on the starters and the main guys. And you know, that guy's going to get cut in three weeks. So do you need to know where his parents are from or what his favorite right. team is? No. So it's just a cool thing. It's a really nice, genuine, personal thing too, just beyond being a champion, just to be somebody who cares about everybody in the room. Greg, this was awesome. Thanks for coming on. Everyone, make sure to check out Champa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' unforgettable 2020 season. It's available now for pre-order at triumphbooks.com. Congratulations to the Buccaneers, Greg Amon. Thank you, Greg. Hey, thanks for having me. It's super cool you have a podcast at your age too, man. I, I, like I said, as soon as I saw uh, Naperville Central, uh, Cam Braid obviously is a, is a proud Naperville guy. We talked about yes, a couple others. But like I said, to be doing this already, keep up the good work, man. Hey, thank you very much. That means a lot. All righty, a great interview with Tampa Bay Buccaneers beat writer for The Athletic, Greg Amon. Thank you, Greg, for your time. It was a great interview. Like I was saying before the interview, the Super Bowl commercials were great, my favorite of which being the Drake from State Farm commercial, and it was really cool to see that one, really cool to see great representation from State Farm, because they actually sponsored this podcast. Mark Cortez State Farm is the official insurance sponsor of The Wake Up Call. For more information, call 217-787-1727, or visit growwithmark.com. Again, Mark Cortez State Farm is the official insurance sponsor of The Wake Up Call, and actually today... Mark and I extended our deal through the end of 2021 for him and his agency to be the official insurance sponsor of the wake up call. So that's a pretty cool thing. So you'll be hearing his name, his agency state farm being the official insurance sponsor of the wake up call through the end of 21. So big 2021, that is not 21. Uh, I don't think I'd be having a podcast if we were in the year 21. Uh, But a big thanks to Mark uh, for sponsoring podcast he's a great sponsor Uh, i forgot to clarify uh before i played the interview for you guys uh just a big congratulations to the buccaneers to tom brady on his seventh ring to bruce arians to the city of tampa to the glazer family everyone down there deserves it uh obviously i am a bears fan i live in chicago i don't know what a championship feels like uh i imagine it's i imagine it's pretty nice uh, and the reason I forgot to clarify that is because I started to talk about Bruce Arians, and then I started to think about, well, if we had Bruce Arians, we wouldn't have had Mark Trussman, and we wouldn't have had John Fox, and we wouldn't have had Matt Nagy, and maybe we would have had a Vince Lombardi trophy. Uh, but yeah, we got none of that, and we got those three guys. We hired a Canadian football coach instead of Bruce Arians. So I, I did truly go off track a little bit at, uh, earlier and forget to just... Uh, say congratulations to everyone involved with that championship because I did think a little bit about how the Bears could have won one if they hired Bruce Arians. But that's uh, neither here nor there. It's just uh, always going to be with me for the rest of time. Anyways, uh, (laughs) what I want to talk about now is the Chiefs. Uh, Mostly just how they got dismantled. Uh, I, I predicted... Uh, Bucks victory, but I predicted the Bucks to win twenty-seven to twenty-one, not thirty-one to nine. Um, obviously, you know Dan Tracy. The I interviewed him for the Super Bowl special on Sunday. He said it best: offensive lines matter. Uh, and with every, you know, Patrick Mahomes ran I think five hundred yards before he threw the ball. Combined five hundred yards before he threw the ball, uh, or something like that. Uh, during this game, it was it was some kind of Super Bowl record. Uh, he was pretty much leaving the pocket on every pass, just because that tenacious 
front seven for the Buccaneers was was not going to give up, and he had to find ways around that. And he was unable he was unable to do that. He was putting the ball in his receivers' heads, even once putting it. Uh, I think in I think it was Tyree Hill who it just went through his hands and straight into his face. Uh, so he put it in his face. Probably could have phrased that better. Anyways, he was doing everything he can, including including that one throw when he was just basically parallel to the ground. Uh, he was doing everything that he could. Here's something that we need to talk about, though. Patrick Mahomes can no longer be in the GOAT discussion. He can absolutely be in, you know, top, one of the top five greatest of all time. He That's still within range for him. But he will not be the greatest of all time. Not with this loss to Brady. Not with the way he played. He didn't put he, he didn't even as far as the stat line goes, he didn't even put up a fight. And I'm not gonna glorify it because it's Mahomes. If this were if this were Lamar Jackson in this game or Josh Allen or somebody else, who if if it were one of those guys, they'd be crucified. But because it's Patrick Mahomes, oh it wasn't his fault. Turf toe, offensive line. I will say, with a, with a better offensive line, he would have had more protection. He would have had more time. But I think we would have still had a similar result uh, to this. So I'm not going to put it off on a bunch of other factors. I am going to blame Patrick Mahomes. Um, but at the end of the day, he doesn't really care about whether or not I blame him because he's got uh, $500 million uh, and he's Patrick Mahomes. So he doesn't really care what I say. Uh, but there's that's there's my two cents. Uh Something I, something I think about him, though. He, that guy's going to come out next year and win the MVP. Without a doubt. He's going to break every passing record. That dude is so, 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 so pissed right now. He is pissed off to the highest degree. Because he he feels... I, I imagine he feels the same way that the media is portraying his performance. This... He, He's, I imagine that he thinks the same way the media is portraying him in the sense that it wasn't, he, I imagine he doesn't think it was really his fault. I imagine he thinks the offensive line was problematic. I imagine he blames it on the turf toe. I imagine he blames Travis Kelsey and Tyree Hill for dropping passes. I believe he blames the refs a little bit. Uh, again, the, the refs, if not, for, you know, some of those penalties were bogus, but even if we didn't have those, Bucks still would have won. Uh, I bet he blames Tyrant Matthew a little bit for his antics. Just so, 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 so many things uh, go into this. Uh, but I will say the only thing I'll give Patrick Mahomes in the slightest is that an offensive line would have improved his performance a little bit. But, you know, if he's if he's that good, it shouldn't be no touchdowns and two picks on 40-something passing attempts. You gotta find a way around that. If you're gonna be if you're gonna be in the goat conversation, if you're gonna be in the same conversation with Tom Brady for the rest of time, you need to find ways around that. And when you're held to nine points in the Super Bowl in the biggest uh, game of your life, in the game that you're trying to, you know, he had a chance at 25 or 24 or whatever he is to cement his legacy. Honestly, if he would have. Beat Brady, second ring, went back-to-back at 24-25 and still has 13, 14, 15 years ahead of him in his career, you know, at most. I shouldn't say at most because obviously Brady's doing a lot, but, you know, 
probably another decade and a half in front of him, for him to be in the GOAT conversation this early, he would have he given himself more of a chance for that with a win or at least a better stat line than no touchdowns and two picks on 40 attempts. But this, but that, but it's over. Tom Brady's the goat for the rest of time. He is. He is the. He is the greatest of all time, and there will be there will be no one else. Seven rings. You know, Patrick Patrick Mahomes can can be top five, like I said, but he's going to be in that conversation with Peyton Manning, and uh, you know Drew Brees, and just any. You know, I'm I'm forgetting a lot of quarterbacks from before my time. But you know, there's he's gonna Tom Brady stands alone. Patrick Mahomes was gonna be the one guy who had the chance to catch him, and he gave up that chance. So the goat debate is to bed. I don't blame all those other factors for Patrick Mahomes' poor performance. Uh, he's getting surgery on that turf toe, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, I do not blame all of those other factors for Mahomes' performance. I solely put the blame on him. For no touchdowns, two picks, and the Chiefs only scoring in Super Bowl 55 against the Buccaneers and the GOAT being three field goals. That's all I got for you today. We're gonna talk, we're gonna get back to our normal schedule. Uh, I was talking about it the other night. Uh, I'm gonna get so next week we're gonna do a Monday show and a Friday show, and that's gonna be our new schedule until. Baseball season starts back up is the plan, but we may even hold the Monday-Friday schedule going into baseball season and then start up again with Monday, Wednesday, Friday during football season uh, just when we get, you know, news every day. It, you know, with this COVID stuff, it's all changing. So for updates on not only the wake-up call but just everything going on uh, with Birchwood Sports Network, go follow Birchwood Sports on Instagram at Birchwood Sports, there you will find updates. Uh, again, not not only just on the wake up call, but on everything involving Birchwood Sports Network. And you will also find the Birchwood Bulletins that I was talking about earlier. Those are pretty fun to watch. Uh, that's all I got for you today. Stay safe. Wear your mask. This COVID shit is still going around. I got no sports events to tell you guys to watch. Unfortunately, uh, football season is over. That's typically what happens uh, when we have the Super Bowl. Uh, Stay safe. Have a great Wednesday. This has been the Wake Up Call presented by Virtual Sports Network. I'm James Maker. Have a good day, y'all. See ya. Gotta wake up.